Hey, Susan. Hi, Melanie. It's so nice to be back where everybody knows my name. Oh, we probably can't sing without getting sued by copyright infringement. So, you know, you know the song. If, what if we really mess it up? Where everybody knows my your name. There, that was perfect <laughs> and recognizable. Like on- like on The Simpsons when they do um, the the funny little take on bad cops, <laughs> and instead of the real reggae song, they have this weird version: bad cops, bad cops, bad <laughs> cops, bad cops. I guess you have to see it. <laughs> Apparently, you've never seen anything because I just found out that Melanie's never seen Coming to America. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I know. I have to catch up on the 80s movies over my vacations. I figured you were going to be like, do you know how old I was when that movie came out? Well, yeah. I was watching Fraggle Rock while you were watching Coming to America. (laughs) I was um, already drinking legally, I think. (laughs) 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 And still watching Fraggle Rock. Ain't nothing wrong with that. It's coming back. It's coming. I wish should say, uh, speaking of this, we are recording in just after Thanksgiving in 2021. So, yeah, I just saw trailer. I was just, I was just telling Melanie, everybody, that it annoys me when I listen to podcasts and I have no idea when it was recorded. So we wanted to make a point of saying the date. Yeah. So um, it's been a minute. <laughs> since we recorded um i'm not even sure when we did one last because we've had quite a few things going on yeah Um, why don't why don't you yeah why don't you go ahead and explain what's been going on with you i'm trying to think of when when was the last time we were on here well, I see. We haven't dropped. It. By the way, the listeners are probably going to be confused because if they're listening to this like back to back, like I tend to do sometimes with podcasts, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, "What? They were just on here." Um, we've taken a significant break, not because we wanted to. Um, it was more like because it's difficult enough to get together when we're on complete opposite coasts of the U.S. <laughs> and. Also, um, we've had some family things and job things and, you know, that thing called life that got in the way. Um, So I believe that we have not done a podcast while I've been technically unemployed because I think I would have mentioned maybe, gosh, we have to go back and look. Yeah, because our our last episode, as listeners, you just listened to. was about student student stories and so we were still in the midst of experiencing those specific stories yeah um so the news is that i resigned from my teaching position in uh late may early june i think our last day was june 1st there were many, many reasons. The 
the biggest reason, 99%, was because I decided to become a full-time caregiver for my father, who um, at the time was 97, wait, no, he was 96, he turned 97 in July, and he just needed a lot of attention, and as anyone who's ever been a caregiver knows, um, it it is more than a full-time job it's the job that never stops and a lot of people compare it to being a parent and in some ways I guess you can but um, you can pick up an infant <laughs> and you can pick up a toddler uh, a 220 pound man I cannot pick up even on my best day at the gym <laughs> Um, so my, I have two brothers and we all came, came together as a family to decide what we were going to do. And, um, and if you've listened to our podcast before, it's no secret that I'm a, I was a little bit disgruntled with the teaching profession. Um, but that really was not why I left. That wasn't, um, anywhere near the, the main reason it was mainly for him. And I really struggled with the decision. We, we decided, we talked briefly before we started the podcast, everybody, uh, today, Melanie and I, and we decided that there are some things we need to say on the podcast that aren't necessarily special ed related or even education related. And I feel like caregiving is related to our profession because I think in our profession, it is female heavy, and what happens with daughters, they end up caregiving a lot, and so it does apply to a lot of us, and that means we have to figure something out as far as work, and another thing we spoke about earlier, Melanie and I, was that our profession differs from many because I've had a lot of jobs in the past, and I was really trying to think of any position I've ever held where I absolutely had to have a replacement and I don't think I have I mean like waiting tables would be the closest thing I could ever come to it and really you can get away with losing us for an evening um, both teaching school you unless you are one of those teachers that is not necessarily in the classroom like itinerant or you know there's a variety of positions but by and large most teachers have to have a replacement and you have to be prepared for the replacement and you have to have those emergency plans and then what if you use those emergency plans and then you don't have time to do emergencies and then you have to be out again and then they get mad at you because you're not prepared or whatever and that stuff used to stress me out to no end and then you got to worry about are your kids behaving in the classroom what kind of sub are you getting are they decent are they going to actually follow your plan um and we were speaking about how the bad part about all of that and i'm coming back to my father in just a second but the bad thing about all of that is that this is why a lot of teachers go to work sick and they tough it out 
because either they just know, and I remember thinking this many times, right, that it would just be easier if you just went. Like, I went to school so many days with migraines. I don't really get sick, not not often, but I get the migraines. And, like, I went to school so many times and just toughed it out because it was easier to do that than to take a day off. So I can imagine how COVID has exacerbated all of that. I can't even imagine the ways right now. Um, so, yeah, this is why we go to work sick and why we don't go to the doctor as much as we should and, um, and don't take time off for loved ones the way we should. So I struggled with that decision really hardcore. And... Um, some other things came into play. I'll get into those later, but for today's purposes, it I I just had to say to myself, what is more important to me, teaching school or spending my dad's golden years um, with him? And I am so glad that I was in a position and a lot of people are not in this position but I fortunately am very thrifty and I've been saving money for a long time now and I was able to take some time off and I'm glad I did because my father passed away on Veterans Day ironically he was a veteran and so am I and so that was um very symbolic so I am technically no longer a caregiver um, well I mean in a way I guess because I'm still taking care of a lot of stuff because I was power of attorney and all that so that is one of the reasons we have not continued our podcast um, till now so we're getting back in the swing of things alright I've talked yeah. enough now your turn <sighs> Thank you for sharing all of that with our listeners, hopefully so listeners. <laughs> and uh, something we're to still going to joke. By the way, I know I'm I'm very much in the grieving process, but um, oh, laughter's the best that's medicine. Never going to stop me from joking around with Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, a couple of points I wanted to include, but I didn't want to interrupt you talking about being a caregiver as a teacher and them being the same thing being a school teacher is being a caregiver for seven and a half hours a day yeah. while parents or whoever is at home are going to work and instead of paying for a daycare they're sending their kids to school I'm not saying like that would be the option you're not gonna like send your 12 year old to a daycare all day or something but just that that's the a big purpose that schools serve and it's been really fascinating I'm not going to go into this this episode but just wanted to point out that it's been really fascinating to see how that is quickly morphing in terms of parents who are choosing to do homeschooling or some sort of internet academy now during COVID times early COVID times and oh maybe 
maybe this is like the start of the fall of public education in America. That's a very pessimistic comment, but it's been it's fascinating to see this very quick change and how some parents are finding it better to have their kids at home and give them a worldly education of experiences of things that public schools just can't do. And then to your other point about prepping for substitutes and teachers going into work, whether they're healthy or sick, because it's easier. Now, <laughs> during literally this current time, there's such a shortage of substitutes that the stress of taking time off is even more. And then there's stress about the stress. <laughs> it's just it aggregates is that the right word <laughs> it snowballs of i really need to take a day off because i'm sick or i need a mental health day but there are no subs which means my colleagues are going to be taking turns in my classroom and that puts stress on my colleagues and i don't want my colleagues to get mad and and so on and so forth so that's for another another conversation another episode but all those things uh, are adding to the stress levels of teaching, and all that is to say I'm so relieved that you were in a position to take this time off because the stress pre-COVID or like very, very early COVID for you was building, and I think right now in particular due to the substitute shortage issues it would have been unimaginable for you to be in the classroom right now. I could not have done what I have done for the past several months. And really we've been doing it for a year and a half, but I largely depended on my brothers up until June of this year. And um, yeah, I, I mean, how many people, I, I swear, I think about this all the time. I am so grateful to have been in that position because most people just can't. I don't have children of my own. I have fur babies, which if you listen really closely, you can probably hear them in the background because they're very upset that I have locked myself in my bedroom <laughs> and they can't get in here. They are not happy kitties. Um, well, you know, and most people can't, can't say, oh, I'll just quit my job and, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I just happen to be in the position to do it. Yeah. Which, uh, I tell you, we could do a whole other podcast on elder care in our country and the giant mess that is, um, you know, retirement homes, nursing homes, hospice care, all that, well, hospice it was wonderful. I'm not saying anything bad about hospice. Good Lord. They saved my sanity for the last few months. But um, just having to deal with all this and Medicare and long-term insurance and all that stuff. Golly, it is, it's a lot. There is just no way I could have done it teaching. And people are probably thinking, well, what about family medical leave? Oh, I burned through that. <laughs> a long time ago more than a year ago and I had some decent time um, time off built up um, but it goes really quickly and then once you're out I mean sure your job is protected but you're not getting paid mm -hmm. so whew, we have a lot of issues in our country but for 
this podcast will stick to us. Yes. <laughs> Educators. And connected to that, though, you're taking the time off, but you can also use the time, or I should say, while you can use the time to reflect on what's the next step in your journey of this thing we call life, Susan. Uh, part of that is teachers need to keep their certification up to date every five years or so. And that's whether you're a working teacher or not. So obviously, if you're not a working teacher and you are not going to return to the teaching field and you know that, then you do not have to keep your certification up to date. But if you are going to return or you are currently teaching, you have to do that. And I know that's something you're considering. What are the pros and cons of keeping that certification? And what does it entail to keep that certification in the immediate future? Well, I'll tell you what it entails in South Carolina. And I think North Carolina, too. Uh, as a special educator we have to take those read to succeed courses, which by now I'm guessing the majority of people have already done that. Um, I have not. And I, I had signed up for it. I think I told you this story. I signed up for it last. Oh, I know I did. I signed up for it last year and I logged on for the, the first day and I looked at what all was required and I was like, Oh no, there was no way. Because last summer, my my dad had a fall um, last April. And so we ended the school year, you know, with me being able to spend some time at his house because we were all virtual at that point, you know, from March on of 2020. And then, um, and so I was able to, to be there with him. But then I looked at that that course and what it entailed and I just thought I can't I can't sit here and do this while I'm caring for my father there was just no way and so I bowed out of the course and I just thought okay well I'm gonna take it some other time well in order to get recertified I have found out that I don't need just one or two courses I need four so I don't know who out there is listening who's also in this predicament but I find it Here's some profanity coming up, just a warning, because there's really no other way to say it. It's really fucking unfair. Why special ed teachers have to take four of these courses as opposed to the one. And I realize there is definitely a need for professional development. I'm not saying that, you know, we should never have any. I don't know, maybe some people disagree with me, and that's fine. I would love to know another perspective, because I just felt like, wow, taking these four courses, and I would have to pay for them all, because my school was not going to do it. They said they would pay for one, but then they got mad, because I exited the course after one day, and they're like, what are you doing? And, I mean, I just think they didn't really understand. I, maybe no one at my previous school had ever been a caregiver. If they had, they forgot what it was like because they were not very understanding about that. And um, I have to get recertified by 2023. And this is a, a thing I've thought about a lot. I would love to have some input from 
listeners, because I'm honestly thinking, do I want to take, and I think I only have to take two before my next recertification cycle, to be fair. But eventually I will have to take the other two. And um, I just, I don't know. Do I? I've been doing this 17 years. I honestly don't know because I don't see going back. I'm just, I'm not being a pessimist. I'm just saying I, at my age, I'm 48, not incredibly old, but I mean, I just am thinking, do I have the energy to go back in the classroom and do this all over again? And, um, I don't know. I don't know. I've heard from several people, just do it because then you'll have it because if you let it lapse and then, you know, you might regret it and it's a huge pain to start all over again. Yeah, I know that. And I know that you get paid a little bit more money by being um, a sub with a certification. So I probably will. Um, right now, I mean, my dad has only been gone a couple of weeks. And honestly, I can't think about anything other than what all I have to do in terms of that stuff. So I'm not making any kind of decisions until the first of the year. But yeah, um, it's a it's a tough thing because it's like you go to all this trouble to get your degrees, and most teachers I know have masters, and then courses on top of that. And so it's not like we make a pile of money, but I don't think I could make this kind of money doing anything else. Yeah, and something unless that... I wanted to show my cooter, and I don't want to show my cooter. Today. Right. What movie is that from? I can't think I of that. Was it a movie that came out while I was in kindergarten? No, it's a movie we talked about many, many times, but you said that you hadn't memorized it the way I had. Oh. It was from Forgetting, Forgetting Sarah, Sarah Marshall. Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the frustration also to connect to this current time in history a lot of people are moving literally to different states. A lot of people who move to be with family if they weren't near family. And I can only imagine having been a person who has is a teacher who has moved states, the frustration that each state has such different requirements for teachers. Yeah. So, for example, like you just mentioned about having teacher most teachers have a master's degree. And if you want to be a substitute, uh, you said something about substitute and certification, but in every, in a lot of states, you have to have a college degree to even be a substitute. But then in some states, you don't. So if you move to, like, you have to have a teaching certificate and, like, an education degree or some sort of maybe CTE certification. Uh, career and technical ed certification in order to get some sort of even like emergency emergency sub paperwork from a district so that could be a frustration too of like oh I was able to be a substitute teacher and make some money and then I had to move because of COVID and now I can't even do that 
because I would need to go back to college and get an entire degree just to be a substitute. Uh, not just, you know, Speaking just. College, I, I just realized there's an Appalachian State pennant above me. I didn't plan for that to happen. <laughs> it's if okay. If you're watching on YouTube, that was, it's behind me where I went to school. Nobody's watching this on YouTube because the video is not being recorded, so you could just oh. describe it. You could have told me that like 20 minutes ago as I'm like trying to make my hair look nice. Okay, well, <laughs> screw it. I'm going to just mess it up. I want. Now look at my hair. Woo! <laughs> yes. Well, to add to the <laughs> changes, <laughs> changes in self, not just hair changes. <laughs> but I also have left the field of special education. Maybe. Right. Yeah, maybe temporarily, but we'll we'll see. So I have returned to the music classroom, the general music classroom, which I have done before, but have not been in for quite some time. And this was a few years in the making for me of feeling to also comment what we were just talking about a few minutes ago, feeling that stress of I'm feeling so burnt out, but I can't leave. I can't leave these kids. I can't leave the families. I'm so invested and all the time I've put in. That and was, in I case just, anyone's wondering what that noise was, that was me foofing. But I, I don't know, know if anyone caught that. But I know that you, Susan, and anyone listening who is in special education, whether you're still in it or not, can understand that feeling of the stress is real, but also you're in it because your heart is in it, and it's really hard to give all that up. At first, it feels like a failure, especially because special educators connect with families on a totally different level than gen ed teachers not to say that gen ed teachers don't connect but quite often and i think we've spoken about this on previous episodes quite often we are with students for many years so we're with families for many years too as opposed to a gen ed teacher gets to know a family one year and maybe gets to know them more if they have a sibling in the classroom within the next few years something like that so we become much more intimate with those family relationships and that that's the hard thing. I don't thing. know about you, but I haven't been very intimate uh-huh. with my family. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> and there's something to that that I think really keeps a lot of special educators in the field just being tolerant of the immense stress and mental anguish, which is too bad and also maybe is good you know if you can make it through more power to you because after a few years I finally thought I can't do this to myself anymore because now I'm starting to become bitter at the system not at any one person but just at the system so I didn't feel like I could just go to a different district in the same job and everything would be fine it wouldn't be like starting over. It would be like continuing in that system that's already frustrating. So anyway, we're both on new paths, but we're still 
in the world. I, st I personally am still involved in the world uh, I, of deaf and hard of hearing education as um, in, in the arts. I'm focusing a little more in the arts, working with some local theaters on accessibility. And I'm certainly not the know-it-all, but I am a person who can serve as a liaison to get in touch with people in the deaf community who do know and have the experience and partner with them and partner them with theaters. So that's some of what I've been doing as a way to stay in that world. And also, if people do have questions, I'm still happy to answer questions in that world. But I'm finding a lot of relief being out of special ed right now and we'll see what happens moving forward and i think you actually susan were are reading something about special ed some book you were telling me about also related. oh this has been a while yeah it's called educating esme and it's not about special ed it's the diary of a first year teacher and mm. i haven't finished it yet it's it's a very short easy read but um again when you're caregiving <laughs> seriously I would read like a paragraph and be like out <laughs> so reading for me this year and usually I'm a person who reads like a book a week and I think I think since COVID started which basically my dad fell last April the 4th that was really at the beginning of COVID. Um, I think I've read maybe like four books. It's pathetic. I, I just haven't been able to. I've been reading so much online about caregiving and, and um, you know, insurance and Medicare and all that stuff. Um, but I, I have tried to make my way through this book mainly because, and it's, it's not a new book. I mean, I think it was written in like 99 or something, 2000 maybe. And, um, I got it because my brother who is, uh, oh gosh, I got to do the math next Saturday. Oh, next Saturday is his birthday, Melanie. Yay. I'm sure he would love to hear from you as he always had a little crush on my friend, Melanie. <laughs> um, he will be 50, uh, seven. Yeah, I was born in 64. So he went back to school to be a teacher. Woo! Against all my advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's teaching social studies. And he just finished his student teaching, and he really enjoyed it. He was very stressed out about the technology aspect of it, because um, he's not techie. Anyone who asks me my advice about computer stuff, then you are screwed <laughs> if you're asking me. Um, but I think he's very good with uh, middle school and high school age kids. And so I was, I checked out this book because I was thinking this might be something he'd want to read, but eh, probably not. But I've, I've only gotten so far into it and I lost my, I think I told you this, I, I have not found my notebook of my notes about our podcast and about this book. So I'm totally winging it. So I was looking back through and um, there was one little piece 
and this is just so random. It's just, you know, cause our podcasts are full of random things. Um, she wanted, like they were calling her Mrs. Bebeda, you know, her last name, which I guess I could say, I mean, to be fair. Okay. So here's the book, educating Esme, which nobody can see because this is not going to be on YouTube. And I thought <laughs> it was, uh, Esme Raji Codell. And I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but they were calling her Mrs. Codell. And she's like, no, no, no. Call me Ms. Esme. And she had this con and her principal did not like it. He's like, mm -mm. we go by Miss or Mrs. Whatever your last name is. And she was like, um, no, I want to be called Ms. Esme. And it's interesting because I don't know about in Washington, but in the South, especially, I think a lot of people really are not fans of that attitude. Um, I have a friend, believe it or not, I have a friend, <laughs> a teacher friend of mine at my last school, um, and her name is Paige, and she wanted to be called Miss Paige. And one of the teachers, who, little on the conservative side, gave her crap about it. And he was like, that's not what we do here. I don't know if I ever told you this story, Melanie. And she said, well, that's what I do and none of your business. And so he, he backed off, but um, it, I don't know. I just found that part kind of interesting. Like, I wonder if any teachers out there have had an experience where you wanted to be called something else and you got some crap for it. Yeah, if you Because have. you know what, Melanie? What? But I doubt that there, and I'm not trying to be all, you know, man bashing or anything, but I doubt there's a man out there who has had that experience. First of all, a man is a mister, always. They're never going to have the issue of miss, Mrs., Ms., whatever. And mm -hmm. I know that's very confusing for some people, which is why I tell everybody, just go by Ms. Just come on, just MS. Yeah. I mean, that... If you really specify you want to be something else, that's fine. But I just told all my students, just be on the safe side and do that. Yeah. Um, but a man doesn't have that problem. And, I mean, I don't think I've ever met a male teacher who was like, oh, call me Mr. Kevin. Right. Call me Mr. Gary. <laughs> you know, like, they just don't have that issue. Yeah, the only times I've called, I've had adult male teachers who I call by their first name, it was like a dance teacher or a coach. So it's a little bit different situation as opposed to the classroom where that, so like those cultures, that's part of it. You just say my, my teacher, Jim or Eric, whatever it is, that's okay. Cause that's what you do in those cultures. But I go by Miss Melanie and always have, and I do, I haven't had any issues. I do notice that People will say, oh, let's go, let's go talk to Miss and they'll like start to say my last name and they're like, they correct themselves just out of habit. But I'm definitely not the only teacher um, in this area. There was another teacher in the school where I am now who was going by her first name. She happened to end up having to go to a different school, but it was nice to say, oh, there's someone else in the building who does this. Um, I do it just because I've always been Miss Melanie. But you're right. I all there's also the other issue when you're talking about the the 
prefix, I guess, uh, if that's what we would call it, the Mr. Ms., Miss, Mrs. I'm married, but I didn't change my name, and I never know if I'm supposed to say Mrs. or not, because Mrs. Gladstone is my mother, and she always used to tell that story, like, when she changed her name, it was weird, because she would think, like, Mrs. Gladstone is my mother-in-law, but Mrs. Gladstone is my mom, but I guess technically it's me, so, you know, whatever, I think just, just say, hey, you, I'll turn around. <laughs> I tried going by coach. For oh, a yeah. long time. Um, but, okay, this is just a little personal gripe here. <laughs> when I went to my last school, the one I just left, I went, I, I started there in 2015, and I was the only special ed teacher. And it was a big, big caseload. And the principal at the time did not want me, even though I'd had coaching experience, did not want me to be a coach of anything or a staff sponsor of any club, nothing. He was like, you are special ed. You're giving me that look like we've not had this conversation. Yeah, that was back in the 2015-2016 school year. And I had said, you know, I've, I've done this coaching and this coaching and I've done this and that and that. And, um, cause you know, I coached girls on the run for mm -hmm. a couple of years and uh, yeah, cause you did a 5k with me Yeah, one year, maybe two years. And then, um, I coached, you know, a couple other random things at random times. And I had told them about my coaching experience and, and then we had just started a robotics club and I said, Hey, I, you know, my dad was a scientist. Um, I'd love to be part of the robotics club. And he very sternly was like, no you are special ed. That's what you do. And I think he wanted me to be available at all times for IEP meetings. Mm. And, you know, in the spring, there's a lot of sports going on in the spring. Well, obviously you got IEP meetings. You can't, you can't do both. Can I interject and it bumped, to say yeah, go ahead. that's something we haven't talked about and, and we'll be wrapping up soon but we should maybe continue this conversation about not missing IEP meetings <laughs> that could be that might be on our next episode <laughs> oh I know what story you're gonna talk about oh I don't it's even a good one I can't even think of which one you're thinking of so we'll talk off air, off air and you can remind me for the next episode <laughs> But go on. I'm gonna rec I'm gonna secretly record it anyway, and let our listeners hear it. <laughs> no, I I think I know which one that resulted in some emails that were. Oh yeah, but I, just in general, <laughs> you know, just in general, we'll have to talk about that next time. All right, what's our email address? Yes. Yeah, so if you would like to share your story of leaving teaching or toughing it out or being a substitute or what's going on with you during these times, please contact us at spedrehab at gmail.com, S-P-E-D-R-E-H-A-B at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you are open to us sharing 
any comments. We'll we'll keep it anonymous. We would love to share listener feedback because I the more we can connect each other with each other, the better our lives will be. You're so positive. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like we have the good cop, bad cop thing, and I'm like the bad cop because I feel like saying, yeah, and if you just want to really bitch hard, tell us your story. <laughs> Let it out, girl. Yes, that too. But, no, absolutely. That's, that's, that's where my mind went. Yeah, well, then we could set it up that you read the venting emails and I read the compassionate memory, happy memory story emails. <laughs> nice. We'll, fig- we'll figure it out. But Susan we'll, we'll, is so we'll out. lovely to see your face again and hear your voice and get this up and rolling again. And I can't wait to, to do more. We need to do more. We sure do. Well, hey, everybody, um, Thanksgiving's over. It's now the, the uh, Hanukkah-y, Christmas-y season. When does Hanukkah start? Is it Sunday night or Monday night? Sunday night. Yeah, it's uh, Thanksgiving this year. That's what it's called. Oh, cool. When they're around the same time. So whatever you're celebrating... Um, yeah, I know there are lots of other festivals and holidays over this next month, so party hard. Yeah. Party hope. on, Melanie. Party on, Susan. Alright. Alright, love you guys. Take care. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.